0: Hey everyone, welcome to Unmeted Generations. My name is Ryan Meal, and today's topic is based around physical therapy. I have on a passionate student from Chapman University's Doctor of Physical Therapy program to chat about her journey, and we talk about her early motivations to wanting to become a physical therapist, how movement is medicine for the body and mind, and how her studies have adapted to the COVID-19 environment right now. Super glad to have her on, and for anyone listening right now, thank you for tuning in. Hope you get something positive out of this. Without further ado, please help me welcome Lillian Fan to the podcast. Hey, Lily, how's it going today?
1: It's going well. How are you doing?
0: Well, at the time we're shooting this, it is a Friday and it's the weekend, so <laughs> yes, it is. I'm really glad that you took some time out of your day to go chat with me, just about physical therapy and and really just taking care of your body during this time. I mean, the the saying always goes, and I've repeated it several times, that the body's kind <laughs> kind of like a temple, and you got to maintain it, even if we're stuck at home in uh, social isolation. So
1: yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> so just curious how did you kind of get into physical therapy and and what was the start of your journey like?
1: All right. So the start of my journey was that I knew that I wanted to do something in science and I knew I wanted to do something in healthcare because I just like helping people and seeing them get better. Although I wasn't sure what. Um, So I explored all kinds of healthcare and non-healthcare careers. I worked at Yelp headquarters doing um, sales work as account executive um, I also explored the dental route. I explored the pharmacy route. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I found out that the best fit for me would be something that works along with my strengths and what I like to do for my hobby. And one of my hobbies is definitely working out. It's definitely a lot of fun. Uh, makes me feel a lot better. And um, I feel so healthy. <laughs> well, yeah. And strong.
0: yeah. I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, if I'm at work and I'm there for eight hours and I just like pound some cake down and drink <laughs> soda all the time, like I'll have energy for a straight hour. And then seven hours later, I'll be like tempted to lay in bed. I'll feel horrible about myself. So especially with somebody like you, who's balancing so many things in their life, it's really important to, you know, eat the right things, give you energy, stay healthy, you know?
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And the great thing about pounding all those cakes and you go home is that when you work out, you can feel less guilty about it, which is nice. Yeah. So I really liked um, working out. So I knew I wanted a career that would involve um, fitness. And that's what eventually drove me to physical therapy, since we believe that movement is medicine. And we um, promote our patients to exercise more and teach them the proper form so that we can be guides in their healing um, towards better physical and mental health.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so important because I think we see a lot of products online on Amazon. Sometimes it's like <laughs> you have an aching back pain, your foot hurts, and it's like a miracle device. Like, oh, get this shiatsu massager and it'll, <laughs> it'll make you feel better. and I think also like sometimes it's like uh, with the chiropractor thing, like you go to a chiropractor and they crack your back and you feel good. Yeah. But then three months later, you end up going back. Like I've been to physical therapy before. Uh uh-huh. I actually injured myself playing basketball too much and just.
1: Oh always, no. Was it ACL tear?
0: It wasn't. It was actually an issue with my hip. Um, I oh, had an issue with my hip to where my IT band was essentially stretched out to the point to where there was a, it, it could have torn and that uh-huh. would have been really bad. Uh, so I was in physical therapy for like three to four months. And the thing that I didn't expect from it is like, when you see a doctor, you expect to get like immediate relief with something. Like if yeah. you have a cold, Like you antibiotic. Get yeah, antibiotic. Yeah, antibiotic. And I was thinking, okay, they'll prescribe me some anti-inflammatories and, maybe, <laughs> you know, massage that area and maybe like a stretchy band or something. But what they ended up doing was they ended up like working me out like crazy. And it was (laughs) one of the most like painful, grueling sessions I've ever had. And it, it, it was like so good at the same time because it taught me, hey, like I need to kind of change up the structure of my workouts or the way I even start my routine in the morning with more stretching and stuff because that's what will ultimately prevent this injury from happening again.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's really amazing. There's definitely a lot of like little quick fixes. But um, you can find on Amazon, like you mentioned, or like, when you go to a doctor, there might be a little like quick pill or whatever. But the thing that makes the biggest difference is in the small little habits that we do every single day. And as um, and physical therapists work as guides in helping you do that. And that's great that you're able to um, do like new little habits, like stretching in the morning for certain muscles. And you get to see the results long term, which is really great.
0: Yeah, definitely. My my routine before COVID happened was I do hot yoga like twice a week, like go in that 9500 degree room and stretch it out and Sometime do hot yoga sculpt where I'd be lifting some weights, shout out to core power. Uh, but man it was it was so grueling <laughs> but power. yeah, right I mean uh, it would feel awful in the hour but once you get out, like your mind just feels so free, you feel so refreshed and it's like you wake up the next day and you're in less pain. and it's just really important because um, you know right now we're all kind of stuck at home. Uh, there's no yoga studios that are open. Another interesting thing is, like with gyms, you know, some people go to gyms as like their medium to work out because it's almost like if you go to an office, like if you go to office, you leave the work there and then you go home. But
1: mm-hmm. right now,
0: gyms aren't open, or a lot of them aren't at least, so you can't go to a gym and and work out and then go back to your house. I mean, you have to do your workout inside or or stay outside, and I see that a lot of people are either, you know, getting a little chubby during this time including myself or it's uh or (laughs) they're doing yeah or they're doing the opposite and finding some online workout but i guess my question is like in terms of just physical health what advice would you give to people who are uh you know stuck remote work during this time
1: okay yeah there's plenty of tips for that so i'm like a person that loves going to the gym too so i definitely missed that and it was a huge transition so what I recommend, it's really affordable. If um, you haven't done it yet, is just to go on Amazon, order some resistance bands. Super simple. And then you can go ahead and pull up a YouTube video. And there's lots of um, great videos available too, just from different apps like Gymshark and whatnot. And you could do exercises for different muscle groups, like your arms or like your legs. Um, the weights are And resistance is definitely not as heavy as you would find in a gym, but it's something. And I've noticed that it's so hard to get weights um, on sale. Like everyone's just scalping the prices for them. I'm surprised they're like on a shortage. So that's really funny. So try getting those if you can, like on offer up and whatnot. I was able to get two kettlebells that were like 25 pounds each. I've noticed some people got really creative too. And there's even YouTube videos on how to make a do your own barbell type of tutorial where you use a PVC pipe and And get some wood (laughs) yeah I get some wood it's really intense so if you want to do a creative art project and be able to lift heavier while saving money um, because you can't find it on sale you can go ahead and make your own um, which is really awesome and also this is a beautiful time to get in touch with nature to go hiking, get some cardio in because I know there's a lot of people that don't lift a lot. They're always like, Oh, I hate doing cardio. Well, now's the chance um, to finally do it. And it's really good for your heart and in, um, increasing your lifespan and just de-stressing in general. Um, and it kind of makes you like slow down in life and just be able to appreciate like the little details like um, the smell of little wildflowers out there and whatnot.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's but, something yeah. there's something about being in tune with nature, like going out to a forest and not having yeah. to answer any phone, phone calls or text because you don't have reception and seeing wild animals like it's just so peaceful and gratifying. You know, it really makes you think like my problems are kind of insignificant because there's so much more out there, you know.
1: Yeah, that's me. Every time I go to the beach and then the ebbs and the flow of the water just makes me think, oh, my problems are so small. The world's such a big, beautiful place.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And in terms of problems with like working out, like you said, there's a lot of different ways to do it. I mean, from making your own PVC pipe and concrete combination, which I don't know if that's the safest thing, but you know, if you're... (laughs) if you're really into weightlifting, go for it. But resistance bands are really big because I remember when I was in physical therapy for my hip, like I thought I'd do more weight training, but no, it was just all resistance bands training. And I've never used resistance bands before. Uh, Prior to that, I've always just been, okay, I'll run on the, like, I had a very unhealthy stretching to workout schedule. I'd like literally run on the treadmill, do some curls, do all my weight workouts, and then I'd leave without doing any like pre or post stretching, except for maybe touching my toes. And (laughs) it was one of those things where like, I think it's so important to you that it's like your, your strength isn't defined by how much weight you could lift. Like it could be defined also by like how many pull-ups you could do, how many miles you could run calisthenic training and, and a lot of that resistance band stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's so many different types of like strength and like little muscles to work out that you might have not even focused on because you're so used to just working on like biceps and um, whatnot. And um, it's pretty awesome that quarantine is basically forcing us to be more creative with what we're doing to stay fit. And then also, um, since we're constantly staring at screens now, and just, I don't know, having like a very, very like sedentary life, like for example, if you're a coder or something, now you're working from home for like eight hours. And I've noticed that a lot of people have been getting like, more like neck pain or lower back pain. So what happens is that when you're sitting too long in a sustained posture, that um, is not a very good posture, like let's say you're slouched over all the time, um, which is very normal. I do it sometimes too. I have to catch myself. Um, and correct it. But just sustaining that bad posture just puts these forces on different parts of your back in a very unequal way so that it causes muscular imbalances so that mm. one side of your muscles like let's say um you're slouching over like your chest muscles would end up shorter and tighter while the back muscles would end up longer and stretched. So this um imbalance of the muscles causes a uh, malalignment, and perhaps maybe the curvature of your spine. And all this pressure that's not attenuated very evenly because of that now may result in this pain that some people are having. So another great tip is you can do like little things to prevent yourself from having that bad posture. So a lot of us are looking down at our computer screens, when we're typing and whatnot for eight hours a day. But you could just take like a textbook or two and put it under your laptop screen. And that would make your eyes at more eye level with your screen. So now your neck is more straight um, without you having to think about it or recorrecting yourself instead of like constantly looking down with a flex neck to go ahead and type. And then also you can um, possibly add a lumbar support So like a lower back support, like you just put like a pillow, like in between your like lower back and um, the back of your chair. That could help too and be more ergonomic. Um, And then just making sure that the height of your table is better aligned for you to work without having to strain your shoulders and arms too much. And it's a really good investment if you don't like sitting too long or if sitting too long causes you pain um, to just go ahead and get a standing desk. They're super popular these days, and it helps relieve um, some pressure. And, like, every hour that you're working or so, definitely just get up. And, like, if you're starting to feel tight, just get up and stretch, walk around. And that will be good um, as a little de-stressor as well as um, being able to get you up and moving so you don't, like – Get too sleepy or too tight with your muscles.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I think it's I when I first started working from home, I had like a little makeshift desk, and I've had it since I was like eleven, and I'm twenty three wow. now, so twelve years. But yeah, I mean when I when I first started working from home, it, it got to the point to where I'd feel so uncomfortable at my desk because at my old office, I used to have a standing desk, I used to walk around. Now it's like yeah. when when COVID first came out, obviously, like we weren't sure if if we could go outside how safe it was and stuff. So then I'd be like working from the living room, working from my bed sometimes in my old position and it was like I I always just felt like sore or not productive. And when you feel like you're in pain and when your legs hurt or your back hurts or you feel like a knot in your back um like it got to the point to where it was like I kept trying to stretch and it wasn't doing enough, and I ended up seeing a chiropractor. And when I saw the chiropractor, I was like, "Okay, maybe this guy is like uh, just gonna crack my muscles." But I'm kind of curious, like, what are your thoughts on chiropractors?
1: Oh yeah, so as physical therapists, we do get doctorates too, just like chiropractors. Except we are more movement specialists, and that we don't just focus on. Bone alignment, we also are going to think about the surrounding structures, which includes the muscles, the soft tissues, the ligaments around it, and we want to have long-term effects. So in order to do this, we have to implement this model called EDUREP. So ED, the ED in EDUREP stands for education. So we need to um, go ahead and explain the muscular imbalances, the trauma, or how there's anatomical differences due to um, what has occurred to the patient. So if they're aware of the issue, they're able to take more control of it and fixing it. And then the U in edurep stands for loading. So we're going to inform the patient how to move in a different way so that they're not continually aggravating the injured tissue, like for example, If someone has a spot that's super inflamed, we're going to have them move around that area to not really use it. So that way it's not being constantly aggravated and doesn't heal well. And once it heals well and this inflammation and swelling goes down, we're going to go ahead and tell the patient how to reload the tissue properly. So doing the exercises, but doing it in better form, whether it's like kicking a ball better or... Being able to walk using a walker, but weight-bearing your weight a better way so it doesn't hurt your hip that's having pain as much. And then the P in the edge rep system is for prevention. So we want to go ahead and tell our patients long-term habits or teach them long-term habits that they can retain for the rest of their life so that they don't fall into these movement imbalances again that will result in tissue imbalances that could further aggravate the alignment of their bony tissue or um, re-aggravate more of that pain.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's a really important part of it. I've been to both physical therapy and chiropractors. And when I was at the chiropractor, same type of thing, they were focused on growth, uh, instead of just fixing the problem right away by cracking some bones. And they were really focused on me taking it easy, massaging the muscle and and letting it grow back in strength. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you don't want to go back there every single time. Um, you want to go there and learn how to retrain and rehabilitate. So you don't injure yourself again, uh, similar to that process that you were talking about with the, the physical therapy. And I think it's just so uplifting too, because obviously you could go to physical therapy for fitness purposes when you get an injury playing sports, but it also applies, you know, somebody gets a stroke, um, if they've been in bed for two weeks because of COVID-19 and that's probably such like an uplifting part of your job that you're not just going in there for people who have been injured, but people who actually need the help and need to regain strength in their bodies.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, You'll see a lot of physical therapists in hospitals. And as you said, you'll see them a lot in like sports settings as well, where basically anywhere and everywhere, where movement is involved. And it's really awesome, like being able to see someone that perhaps didn't think they're going to get better. Um, or they've tried other past techniques or they've been in a lot of pain, but nothing seems to work but um, through working with them and helping them through physical therapy, re educating them on what's wrong and um, go ahead and like giving them or like serving as their guide in their recovery and seeing them be able to like recover feels almost like a miracle. Uh, it's so exciting to be a part of that. And I'm really grateful for it. So I really feel that um, I picked the right career choice yeah. because of that aspect. Yeah. And especially when it comes to pediatrics. because so I really want to do pediatrics one day. It's really amazing that, for example, you can have like a child that perhaps is like developmentally delayed and they might not even be able to really stand um, just because of like low tone or some genetic condition they may have, or just many factors um, that are going on. But all of a sudden, like you see the physical therapist work for them for hours, every single week for years. And then perhaps two or three years later, you'll be able to see the child, the same child, like finally being able to walk or like do like a light jog around. And it's literally, really amazing. You could see how much um, the child. Um, demeanor like changes like before they were like perhaps like crying like really unhappy yeah. um, but now that they're able to walk and run like other kids and they can play around with them their whole like attitude may change like they might be so happy um, and just like running around and like shouting while they're believing that a car is flying or something yeah because <laughs> they're
0: able to finally yeah. walk and do the things that a normal kid should do I I, I could tell you're really passionate about it because it's like there's something about helping people and making an impact on somebody's life in a positive manner. It's like, it's like the ultimate dop- dopamine rush, you know? Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah. And it's certainly a challenge, but I think just being able to like commit to that challenge and just seeing its way through and being very hopeful about it and seeing The tangible results happen is certainly very very rewarding
0: yeah and as you did say it is a challenge like i'm assuming what's generally the path to becoming a a physical therapist like so i know that um, like for example you have to go through a lot of schooling but is a lot of it like in classroom learning or hands-on you know what what's the demographic working in the industry etc
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. So how you get into physical therapy school is that you get like a bachelor's. A lot of people get their bachelor's in like sports medicine or biology or like anatomy. um, Yeah, yeah. You'll definitely take an anatomy course while you're at it. Um, And if, I don't know, some schools offer that major, then that'd be like pretty cool too. Yeah. Or like a kinesiology type of major um what else health exercise sports science but of course you can be another major as long as you have the prerequisites so it's like one year of chemistry one year of general biology you have to take anatomy like you mentioned you have to take physiology so basically you have to know the human body super duper well inside and out you take um some exercise physiology courses kinesiology um, so you know like how the body moves what muscles are being used and um, basically like the physics behind it and you also do take one year of physics as well um, yeah those are the main courses I remember having to take for it and then you apply to physical therapy school you really pray that you'll get somewhere just because it's yeah. so competitive just to land a spot in one so it is um, a competitive school
0: It's a, it's a competitive industry.
1: Yeah, it's super duper competitive. Like there's so many people like thousands of people applying for a spot. And when there's a school, they're only accepting a class full of 40 to like 80 people. So like, let's say if you go to like Chapman university for basically every 20 applications they look at, they're choosing one person to be able to fill that spot. So our, um, like the dean of our school, he likes to give us motivational talks. He tells yeah. us that we're golden nuggets. <laughs> to something and you, that guys are, you unique. are 1 in 20. Um, this is why you're in the seat, because we believe in you. So like, he's basically just telling you, don't doubt yourself. Like, you worked so hard to get here. You deserve this spot. So um, basically just rock it.
0: Cool. What's the <laughs> process with, um, I guess, like applying, like what differentiates you other than grades? To getting into the the school.
1: Okay, yeah. So, like you mentioned, grades are super duper important. You have to try to get top notch grades, um, just because I, I think a good number of schools they just filter you out by number, like highest GPAs. They take those, and then some schools they have an interview process, which is really nice. um Like Columbia University has an interview process. Um, but some schools don't have one. Like USC surprisingly didn't have one. Western had one. Uh, Cal State Long Beach didn't have one. But like getting to know you could be a competitive advantage if there is an interview and you like going to interviews. But they also are going to look at your shadowing hours as well. Um, It's really good to have a variety of settings. So I shadowed and volunteered at a geriatric setting. So working with the elderly population, I did it at a neuropediatrics clinic. So getting to um, work with like little kids with like Down syndrome and other conditions like that. And I did an orthopedic one, which is probably what most people know, like if you get injured, through like sports or like you get like a knee surgery or something, you're doing rehab through that.
0: That's interesting, because like, one of the things that I'm always so big about on the education system and people mm-hmm. who've listened to this podcast just know is like, it teaches us like, if you get the grades, then you're going to be guaranteed to spot it anywhere, essentially. And that's just like, obviously with an interview that kind of fixes the process because you're able to kind of showcase yourself and why mm-hmm. you're passionate about something instead of like, oh, I have this 4.0, I'm better than <laughs> all the people below me. Yeah. But at the same time, like everybody has their own story. And like it, it's kind of interesting to see how there are some schools that don't do an interview process and in may uh like did you have to write like an essay or something like that? Or
1: yeah, every single school will require you to write an essay still, and many of them will require you to, you to write a supplemental essay that is specific to their school. Um, like why our school exactly, or they'll ask like what made you pick physical therapy, little questions like that, or like, how can you make the biggest impact um, regarding physical therapy if you were to go to our program? Mm. Um, so it's like, forcing you to do the research and knowing like, what's so special about this particular school you're applying to and to see yourself if you're a good fit there or not and if and they get to see if you're a good fit there or not and also it's um nice that schools will actually look at your extracurriculars so i had some very weird extracurriculars <laughs> um, which are, <laughs> yeah yeah so like having that sales experience working with yelp like talking to like 80 new different people every single day um, and then I also was a sponsored food blogger for like over three years. So oh, wow. I had some random, yeah, marketing experience. I don't do that anymore because it's too time consuming. Yeah, um, but It was a lot of fun um, being able to like shout out like mom and pop businesses and get like some free food at the same time. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I gained a lot of weight during that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah. That's then, why
0: That's why you were working out so much, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. got to bounce it out a little bit. Um, yeah.
0: It's so important though that you have like that sales experience though, and like the marketing experience and the blogging experience because like it allows you to advertise yourself. I mean like half of it is obviously knowing the technique, but the other half is like making your client feel comfortable, especially if they're like an old person or a baby in like the pediatric case where they've never done any type of that physical therapy and you don't want them to feel uncomfortable with the process.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, after something traumatic, like a car accident, or like a stroke or anything like that, um, people are in a very like vulnerable state. And you're definitely right that it's a huge component to like, listen to what people are saying. And I think that's what sales really taught me working at Yelp, um, is to really listen carefully to what people are trying to like tell you. Um, So based on that you can go ahead and like make them feel more comfortable and show that you're like a team member by their side in um, helping them through their recovery and you're there to help like represent them so yeah that was really nice and exposed me to a lot of different populations from like hawaii to um, California and different uh, demographics. So that was a really nice experience, yeah. But I also went to um, undergrad at University of the Pacific, so I worked with a very diverse population there in both terms of um, the economic side and also um, ethnicity.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is a very diverse uh, college and they're definitely, I mean, the tuition there is pretty expensive, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I try not to think about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, your physical therapy wage will will pay it off. So once you graduate college, you know, you got into Chapman University and everything. That's when I'm assuming they start teaching you like the real concepts about physical therapy, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. Yeah. So beforehand in undergrad, it's very didactic, very like, you memorize this,
0: you know this
1: theory, you type it up. Yeah, flashcards, stuff like that. So understanding concepts and, like, applying it, but just through paper. Um, But now it's actually hands-on. So we had a lot of um, didactic stuff, of course, because we had to power through that just so we have a strong knowledge base. And then um, we spent so many hours um, in class. Like, how many hours did we spend? I don't know. Probably, like, over 10 hours per week actually doing hands-on stuff during our second trimester already. Um yeah, because we're already rehearsing, like we have we pretend to be thick patients, and then our classmates would be like the real PC, and then um we'd we'd um do role play like, oh hi, like I'm Lillian, I'm your student physical therapist, and then um basically explain the procedures to them and then pretend like they just had a stroke or something, so you're tr- or a surgery, so you're trying to get them out of bed, and um like pretending they have like a bad leg or something. So you make sure that you're not having them weight bear on it and they're walking a certain way and teaching them how to use their um, assistive device and walking. So situations like that, it's also very hands-on in that um, we have um, mobilizations, like joint mobilizations that we practice on each other's, like hips and knees and whatnot. So it's definitely really different from undergrad. It's a lot more fun and interactive and um you get to know your classmates like super duper (laughs) well because of that
0: yeah because it's like a collaborative environment it's very different from business where a lot of businesses they try to figure out who's the best guy and everybody's trying to one-up each other when you're working (laughs) out yelp and sales you know
1: yeah oh yeah you're right that did happen (laughs) yeah
0: exactly yeah Yeah. it's like whoever makes the most (laughs) revenue that's that's who gets the props so yeah I, and
1: they clap for them and they ring a gong it's pretty exciting <laughs>
0: yeah employee of the month <laughs> but
1: oh yeah yeah that's it
0: <laughs> yeah so in terms of like the lab or or the physical i i guess just the um the interactive portion you said that's like 10 hours like in class a week so
1: yeah, probably more than that.
0: So how much time are you actually, like, spending in school? Like, because, like, my so my friend is uh, going to nursing school, something totally yeah. unrelated, but it's also in the medical field, and she spends, like, close to probably, like, 40 to 50 hours a week just studying or attending, like, these 12-hour classes. Like, ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a lot of time. And then um, just a random of fun fact, physical therapy and – Nursing are not a hundred percent on opposite ends of the spectrum It actually turned out that back then when physical therapy was first developed as a career path um, It was actually a lot of physical education teachers and a lot of nurses that decided. Oh, we need rehabilitation specialists now that um, The war happened and then there's all these people with like Amputations and other movement deficits and then that's how physical therapy was rooted
0: yeah, I also heard that because yeah, because it did originate in, in the uh, because of the war. But I heard it's also because of it, kind of like a women dominated industry. Correct? Oh yes,
1: yeah, so it's very women um, dominated as well. Yeah. So and it's still pretty women dominated now, but I do have like males in my class. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, well, I think like I, my cousin and my other cousin, they're both uh, males, and they're. Planning to become physical therapists himself, but Ooh, I think awesome. with the prevalence of like sports and stuff and people rehabbing mm-hmm. from injury, it's it's gonna eventually like balance it out because I think there's a lot of people who watch the NBA uh, that are guys and they're probably like, oh, I wanna I wanna rehab LeBron James's like calf injury or something like that. I wanna be that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely um like lots of classmates that are dreaming of that, and it's super awesome that. There's both a lot of women and men that are super interested in basketball and want to go down the ortho path. Um, And they're so competitive about it, too. Like a bunch of my classmates, they play basketball all the time together. And then they're very um, competitive. Um, So it's exciting to see that nature. But yeah, um, to answer your uh, question. Oh yeah, I do definitely spend a lot of time on campus before COVID happened. So let's say like I would have maybe a class starting at eight o'clock or something like that, right? I might have class until like 5 p.m. that day. It really depends on the day. It might be slightly different day to day. Um, But yeah, having classroom like eight to like 5 p.m. and then a one hour lunch break in between. But when you're cramped on time, sometimes you only spend like, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes just eating lunch with your friends, just as like a nice mental break. And it's fun being around your classmates. Um, but afterwards, you guys might just all go to the library together <laughs> and just start cramming for the rest of the lunchtime. That's and crazy. then, um, yeah, it's really um, exhausting. I drink a lot of coffee. Our um, <laughs> <laughs> school used to give a lot of free coffee too, but they opened a cafe recently. So no more free coffee. Oh, but yeah, man. so around like five o'clock, Uh, It was maybe when our classes would end or like four o'clock. And then afterwards, I would just go to the library because that's like my favorite place to like focus. And then um, there's other people at the library too that are my classmates. So it's nice like having your classmates around you, but you guys aren't like bothering each other and just kind of doing your own thing. And then I would study there until like probably like eight o'clock or 9 p.m. each day. My classmates usually tap out a little earlier, but they go home and I think they study at home. But for me, like I'm more of a night owl, so I'm okay with staying at the library a little later. So I just like try to grind it out as much as I can. And then um, that way when I go home at eight or nine o'clock, I can just eat dinner and then just like be a little more relaxed in my studying but still studying. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, That's- I don't know, try more snacks or make a smoothie or something. <laughs>
0: That's funny you mentioned that because I used to be a night owl during college, like go to sleep at like one or two AM yeah. every day, and now for my work, I wake up and start at eight every day, but which means I probably wake up at like six thirty or seven. So I'm like, wow, when the stock
1: market opens.
0: I know. Well, it's <laughs> like the. I mean, I think for anybody listening to this, um, it's important to educate yourself on the stock market and what is going on because it's like it's one of those things where even if you don't want to invest now the people who end up making a lot of money don't make it from strictly like their salary and putting in their mm-hmm. savings account where it's making like a 001 percent interest rate like they invested yeah. in stocks they invest in mutual funds people who invested in the stock market in february it's probably going up like crazy right now
1: yeah, definitely. Um, I was one of those really, really lucky people to start investing in March when there's that huge dip, and we were like at the bottom. But when you were living in that moment, you didn't know it was the bottom. And plus, I was like so like new to stocks; I didn't know either. And then I guess it was interesting because I remember um, the COVID thing happening, and then my work job because um, I'm the library assistant at our school. I, okay. I like study there so much that I end up just getting hired They just here. gave you a job. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was really nice. Um, but yeah, they cut my job um, because there's so little funding because of COVID. And then I was like, oh, I think I need to find like another way to try to make income. So I went ahead and I dabbled in stocks a little bit. And even though I'm a night out, I did start waking up at 6.30 in the morning. And... Ooh, yeah, I've been seeing pretty good returns, luckily, um, just from investing while everything was a lot cheaper. And I certainly agree with you that um, it's good to work smarter instead of harder in terms of money growth.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could have as much side businesses as possible. But at the end of the day, I think, I think a lot of people who are scared to invest in stocks, and I know we're deviating a little bit, it's okay. <laughs> I, okay. I know like with the stocks like uh, a lot of people who i talk to who don't invest at our age you know like early 20s it's because like one when you're in your early 20s most likely you aren't making like a, a very good salary it's probably like more of a starter mm-hmm. one and you have like college debt to pay off it makes sense but at the same time it's like i think a lot of people are afraid that they're gonna hit zero from investing in the stock market. Like hmm. I talked to one guy before and he invested for like a day and then he cashed out because he's like, Oh, my stock went down like 10% because it was, it was during the time COVID was happening. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I see. you should hold on to it because it may go up like, I don't know, by 20 or 30%. And to give you some context, it's not like, <laughs> a, it wasn't like a big, big, like, like Amazon like stock where it's worth thousands of dollars. Yeah. It was like, like a $20 stock that went down to like 18. So it wasn't oh,
1: that's not too bad at all. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it wasn't crazy, but I, I know that there's a lot of, um I guess just fear and apprehension from working in, and in uh, I guess just stock market and, and not wanting to invest your life savings and lose it all. Like they, they see it more as like gambling as opposed to, yeah, and I'm making a generalization, but it's just from what I've heard, like, that's what it is. And it's important whether you're making salary as like a physical therapist or Mm
1: -hmm. somebody in the Or just any job, yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, where you just put a portion of it in your 401k or or save money. It's just important because it's like, as important as the physical health is, the mental health is also really important. And Mm -hmm. money doesn't lead to happiness, but it, it it'll make you feel a little more comfortable at the end of the day. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's nice to have that peace of mind and that like level of comfort, definitely.
0: Yeah, so you were you, you were saying that your job got cut, unfortunately, um, with yeah. everything going on. But prior to that, so you, you were kind of mentioning you were in school from eight to five. How many days a week would that be?
1: Uh, yeah, I would have class like Monday to Friday. So every single day of the week, And then it was nice that I was already studying at the library till 9 p.m. because my work shift was basically from, like, 5 p.m. to 9 Mm, (laughs) p.m. So that's nice, yeah. I was able to, like, study also if it was, like, more of a chill day and, like, just help out with library tasks and make sure people get, like, their study rooms. And then when it comes to, like, on the weekend – my classmates and I, we would like having study sessions together. So it's like a perfect time to basically whatever you learned on your own to go ahead and quiz each other and make sure that you actually know it and reinforcing that information. So it's like a huge like teamwork component. and honestly, teamwork really does make the dream work. and it makes it so much like easier um, to like study in like a group versus alone.
0: You're totally right, and it it sounds like you know, and such a busy subject where you're spending it's a, it's essentially a full time job to go to school. Like, <laughs> yeah, feels like yeah, it. it's you like can you
1: pay to go to it. So
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the payoff at the end eventually once you graduate. Um, like, so right now is your schooling like all remote? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, it's um, all remote right now. This past trimester. So initially adjusting to that was very hard because we we're a very hands-on um, like program. And then we were working on like different mobilizations and whatnot of the lower extremity. So anything for the knee, hip, ankle, leg, that type of stuff. Um, so it's like, oh, like, we don't want to expose our family members to getting sick, but we don't want to get each other sick either. So we didn't really get hands-on practice for that. Um, we had Zoom calls with the professors and... They met up and they did like the little uh, physical therapy um, mobilizations and whatnot, but it's so hard to see on camera sometimes. Yeah. They're like, oh, do you notice that like um, this part of the hip is a little higher than the other and there might be like a two, three millimeter difference in real life. So you can't even really tell over camera. Um yeah, but then I guess it's okay. We ended up getting used to it. And what they're doing is that they're taking the labs we missed from this past semester in person and in spring. And they're going to basically add it to our future um, trimester. So that's why our in-person trimesters will be a little more front-loaded. So we're having like a hybrid um, trimester in about like a week from now in the fall. So we'll be on campus like maybe two or three days a week and the other will be remote and for the times we are in um, campus it will be like a makeup of those past trimesters in addition to learning the new material so it'll be very very busy Um, yeah that we will get to learn what we need to know
0: (laughs) yeah that actually leads me to my next question where you're working essentially you know going to school 40 hours a week paying to go to school you're spending all your time to you know do stuff on the weekend in terms of like studying for the stuff that you're going to eventually do <laughs> yeah. during the week. So I guess I'm just curious like how have you been keeping sane during this time, you know, and and what have you been doing like uh in terms of like hobbies and and things like that to kind of get away from school 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 school.
1: Yeah, so then um I guess exercise has been a huge part of it. So just like the advice I gave earlier, basically for every like hour of like lecture I have or staring at a screen, I would get up and go ahead and just like walk outside. Maybe take a quick run in like ten minutes um, while like having a nice scenery of trees or whatnot. Or like I would do like lunges in the parking lot or like wherever I am. And then um, besides exercise, I have also have turned to food, so I started cooking a lot and making things like fluffy souffle pancakes. And another thing that I started doing is arranging a lot of charcuterie boards um, with different cheeses. And I like to have this like signature style where I like roll out the salami so that it looks like a little rose. So then I noticed that when I put them like in a little box and I arranged those roses with like different cheeses from different parts of Europe, That people feel really special and they get really excited when they get one of those boxes. So I did that as a hobby. Um, But then eventually people ended up really liking it. So that was super exciting. So I just started making it for more people. Um, And now um, I'm somehow, it's somehow turning into an actual business. So um, I am in the process right now of. Turning Boxy Cheese, that's the name of the brand, into actual like full on business. Um, we just filled out the LLC paperwork earlier oh, wow. this week. Yeah. So you're serious, serious. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So it was like a hobby and now it's actually a real um, serious thing. And I'm trying to finish up the process before my summer break ends and I go back to school. But yeah, just like doing little things that have nothing to do with physical therapy. Um, it's just like a nice little break, a little mental break so that I can be refreshed for the next day that I have for like studying and whatnot.
0: I think it's so important that you're picking up a hobby and not only picking up a hobby, but also just like one, creating another avenue of revenue in terms of boxy cheese and making it your own. <laughs> nah, thank you. But the other thing is like, you're making sure to take time away and separate yourself from school because I don't know if you actually know this, but. Uh, medical professionals—they actually have the highest suicide rate out of any occupation. And if I were to theorize on it, I think a lot of it is—it's a really long journey. You know, once you graduate with your bachelor's, it's not over. You're saddled with debt because you're, you know, paying for to go to medical school, and you end with that. I'm pretty sure, like, even if you get graduate with a, you know, degree in physical therapy, um, you know there's only so many physical therapist spots out there. Like you said, it is competitive and you know, just having your degree and having a good GPA is like, it's only half of the work. The other half is you're showing you're a cool person. You're doing stuff outside of work that gives you the skills to be productive once you're in that physical therapy environment. So I think it's really important that you're doing things outside of work, uh, that are productive. And I encourage anybody who's listening to this, uh, whether they're a healthcare professional or somebody else uh, in another avenue to where if they feel like they're so, I guess, just focused on their job and they don't really have any other avenues to create additional avenues where you can experience happiness and, and, um, you know, make some money while you're at it. It's always cool to do that or pick up (laughs) a hobby, make a podcast, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like what you're doing. That's super awesome. Yeah, it's really important to prevent burnout. You're definitely right. Um, And just basically any field. And um, yeah, it's just, it's like, if you're going to be able to take care of so many people, you have to make sure that you take care of yourself as well, because you can only take care of them as well as you take care of yourself. So it's important to have that little relaxation time and explore different ways of fulfillment like in terms of like being more creative or just creating something that are different from your work um just to like be stressed and kind of explore something new <laughs>
0: yeah i had a cardiothoracic physician assistant on the other day uh, her name is sabrina oh. runbeck and yeah. basically she operates on hearts and stuff and and works on that stuff and she was telling me that there was a time where as a medical professional she was experiencing burnout, she had a mm. 101 degree fever and she was holding oh, no. a patient's chest open for five hours during heart surgery. And I was mm. like, wow, that's like, and, and luckily she found her way. And, and the reason why I mentioned that story is because she started, um, like a business actually as a peak performance coach oh, wow. <laughs> where she's helping out, uh, healthcare professionals, uh, just, I guess, prevent burnout and stuff because it's like a real thing. And that's what leads to probably like the large suicide rate because you're working so many hours. I think it's so important that, um you know, a medical professional takes care of himself because like if you were working on me and you had burnout and you were tired and got like three hours of sleep and you're yeah, working on I like my calf. I could not give you
1: the best care at all. I would yeah. not even, I don't think it's even ethical to work in a condition like that yeah. um, for the patients. Um, yeah. That's definitely very risky. Yeah. <laughs> exactly,
0: but you know, that's why, that's why it's good that you're taking care of yourself. Um, especially with boxy cheese and everything like that. So,
1: Aww, thank you. <laughs> yeah.
0: So what are the next steps from here? Like you graduate and then possibly find a job. What's the end goal? All
1: right. Yeah. So then I have two more years until I finish school. Um, I guess boxy cheese is turning into a real legit business. So, um, we're going to try to have it centered in both like Irvine and like Beverly Hills. And that'd be awesome. Um, But that'd be more like of a side project. I ultimately do want to focus on like physical therapy. And I'm really hoping that I can land a job in the pediatrics field because that's what I'm gravitating towards right now. I really like working with like little kids and like seeing them um, grow and get better. Um, But the other path that so, like, the 10-year plan, I'm not too, too sure about. So, that's, like, probably the five-year one, that one I'm sure about. Oh, man. Um, Maybe in 10 years, I'm not sure if I want to open up my own, like, um, pediatrics clinic or if I just want to open, like, a nonprofit to be able to help these special needs children. Um, because, yeah, they are getting um, – like physical therapy, but I'm sure there's lots of other services that would be really useful and helpful for them as well. Like being able to have like, maybe a safe space, like for like a play environment, like where they have more accessible tools, like perhaps like, um, like more ramps and maybe the lights aren't as flashy as other places that like normal people would go to as to not like elicit um, seizures and whatnot for epilepsy. Yeah, so that's, um, that's the goal. And then I think I do want to go out of the country, like maybe to Vietnam or whatnot to possibly provide some free physical therapy services as well, like maybe do a wheelchair fitting for children. That's up in the air, but definitely some big goals out there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned goal setting, like with five and and 10 year goals. Like I definitely think visualization and goal setting is like super important because if you were working and you didn't have a goal, then like you're kind of going down this wandering path. But at the same time, I, I was told something very recently by somebody who, and he made like a really good point too. And he said something like along the lines of, I don't want to set a 10 year goal because if I was... 33 because I'm 23 now, I wouldn't want to yeah. listen to a 23 year old and follow that goal. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. As we
1: grow older, we get wiser. So it makes sense to readjust your goals as you get better. <laughs>
0: exactly. But I love the fact how, like, for example, like your your uh I'm not you said it was salami that you turn into roses, correct?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, it's like something that turns like that's always how the most organic businesses start. Like it's not like having a ploy to make money or that being like, oh, I'm going to like come big. Like every big business I've heard, it's always like, oh, well, I just had this idea and I gave it to a couple of my friends. My friends liked it. And then they offered to give me money. Like,
1: Aww, awesome. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. actually, um, I started making the salami roses because I was on a date and I was trying to impress my date. So I was <laughs> like, hmm, what can I make that's special about my charcuterie board? So I was like, oh, I have this idea. What if I like... Turn
0: this into a rose so it's more
1: aesthetic <laughs> wow well, yeah and it works.
0: That that's good that's day, good I was impressed. awesome <laughs> awesome well you know I love talking to um you know dreamers like you and who are currently in the process <laughs> uh-huh. of, of getting into uh, you know I always tell people like I don't want to bring people who have like a 30-year experience with physical therapy on or have all these degrees or something like I want to bring somebody on who is willing to speak about their journey and like it's, it's ongoing as time goes on. So thanks for coming on today. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I wish you nothing but the best with boxy cheese and also your future with the pediatrics, uh, physical therapy environment.
1: Uh, Thank you so much, Ryan, for having me on your podcast. This is a really exciting opportunity. And it's been really fun chatting with you for the past hour. Thank you so much.
0: It's my pleasure, and I'm really glad you enjoyed it. And for those of you who are listening right now who enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave a rating or review or subscribe. I'd really, really appreciate it. It also just provides me feedback on how I'm doing. So thank you for all the support the last couple of weeks. As you guys may know, I posted recently on my social media that we have a new website, www.unmetedgenerations.com, as opposed to the old website. That's going to house all the new podcasts along with some FAQs, And uh, if you'd like to get in contact with me, it just creates a better process over there. So feel free to check it out if you have the time and check out the other episodes I posted. But other than that, thank you so much for the support as always. And I'll see you guys in the next one.